Welcome back to another rep. My name is Steve Hagan. I love another rep. I love this show. And the reason I love it is because you get to hear and I get to hear all these different guys and people's stories. And I love that. I love hearing where they came from, where they're at, and where they want to go. You know, one of my favorite uh, things to listen to on uh, ESPN or whatever it is, the NFL Network or YouTube, is to go back and hear the Hall of Fame speeches from the NFL. I love hearing those Hall of Fame speeches. Some of these guys came from nothing and they're in the Hall of Fame. Some of them came from a lot of wealth and they got to the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is indiscriminate. It doesn't care where you came from. It only cares what you did to get there. And so we all can reach our own Hall of Fame in whatever whatever arena that we're playing in. But you got to go. You got to get off your couch and you got to go do it. Well, today I got a young friend of mine who uh, we met when he was in high school. He's gotten off the couch. And I want you to hear his story. This is Drew Byers. Hey, welcome back to another rep. Um, Drew's here with me, which is super cool. Say hi, Drew. How we doing? How we doing? <laughs> and uh, we just had lunch, and, and we're really excited to share with you his story. Like I said earlier, um, I just love talking to these guys about their stories, where they where they started, where they're at, and where they want to go. So let's just cut into it. I mean, we met at Ensworth High in Nashville, and... I was coaching football. You were playing baseball, but I get to see you in the weight room all the time. Yeah, and we just connected, and then I started that little Bible study, and you liked that, and I liked that, and we got together through that. And then um, I just started following you because I really appreciated who you were as an athlete and a leader in the school, and I just I just gravitated towards you because there could have been a hundred other guys I gravitated towards, but I'm like, you know what, that Drew Byers, that dude's got it going on. He knows what's going on, so. I didn't even realize how good of a baseball player you were when I was, um, you know, drawn to you that way. But um, I learned quickly. And um, so let's just start out. When you were in – it probably started before you were in high school, before Ensworth. So you can just kind of talk about where this whole baseball journey started. And we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, baseball's definitely been a journey for me. Um, I've always loved it, you know, growing up. Uh, my dad, he played baseball. He played at uh, Georgia Tech for college. He's a first baseman there. Uh, he played for the Anaheim Angels, which was for the Angels organization. Uh, he played Double A out in Boise, um, and you know he absolutely loved it his whole life. Uh, and he kind of passed that down yeah. uh, to me. Um, so, so you were playing catch with your daddy when you when oh, you when were like three, two months yeah, old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I, when I was two or three months old, we just started you know, <laughs> doing it. Uh, he actually told me a story the other day. He probably, uh, you know what? There's probably a picture of you as an infant, infant in a glove somewhere. Oh yeah, no, for sure. For sure. But, <laughs> I uh, love that. Yeah, but we. Um, he told me a story the other day though. Actually, it was the first time that I ever hit off the tee, and it was the first time that I had a metal bat in my hands. And he was getting ready to put the ball on the tee. Yeah. Before he could put his hand away, I took an absolute hack at it and about took his hand off. So, really? Yeah, he still got a bruise on his hand there. Today. Man, one time I had a metal bat in my hand and I hit a ball and it just like rattled my hands. And I was mm. like, dang, I didn't realize it was like that. So, yeah. I know baseball players got big time strong strength in their hands and forearms. You got to. I mean, yeah. You got to. Yeah. And when you get to the pros, 
you'll be hitting with wood bats. Do you ever hit with wood bats now? Yeah, yeah. So in the summer, I know I'm skipping ahead, but yeah, no, no, yeah. So in the summer, uh, we'll hit with all wood bats. Um, it's kind of just like formed into that over the past ten years, really, because um, yeah. it makes you a stronger hitter with a metal bat. Yeah, for college, that's right? the thing. Because like with a metal bat, you can hit a ball and you can miss it, and it'll still go out. So yeah. it's not really you know a true effect of you know yeah. hitting a ball. But with wood, if you miss it, I mean, I think it's going to splinter in half. That's the way it goes. So it's almost a good, you know, preparation uh, yeah. for MLB or, you know, minor league ball. So yeah. it's good. Drew and I are sitting out at a cafeteria. So if you hear a train go by or a bus <laughs> or a car or somebody walking through, that's just what it is because yep. we meet where we got to meet. That's right. So you went from being the little guy and then you were probably in, you know, little league baseball somewhere, getting noticed and then travel squad and all just – Tell me about it, man. I want yep. to hear all about it. Yep. So I, I really enjoyed it, you know, all the way up. And then until I was 12, that's kind of where I really found the love for the game. Uh, I, uh, I got the opportunity to compete in the Little League World Series. Um, so we made it. It was just a couple of, you know, my friends here in Nashville. Um, and, you know, we won district, state, Where was that game? So it was in Williamsport. Okay, cool. So, so yeah. you made it all the way to the, yeah. to the show. Yeah, so we made it all the way there. Uh, so how was that? How was that? How many games do you play to uh, get to do that? Yeah, so basically you have you're to You're 12 when you did this? Yep, so you can be 11 or 12. Okay. And basically Unless you'll, you're from Japan, then you can be like 16. Right, yeah, maybe. there's no, yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially Cuba, you got to watch out for that. <laughs> no hate. Just, yeah, no hate, no just hate. Just stating facts. <laughs> just stating the past. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you get your 11 and 12-year-olds, and you basically play uh, the teams that are in your district. So, you know, it's just like a couple miles radius. Yeah. So that's usually, you know – You'll face some good competition there, but it's not, you know, it's just the people around you. So you get past that, you win the district tournament, then you move on to state. So you'll have about eight teams compete from different regions of Tennessee. Okay. You'll compete there, and that's where we How played. many games is that? Uh, it's double elimination. Okay. The tournament. Um, so we played a team out of Knoxville. Their team was called Carnes, and they had some dudes on the team. They were by far the best talent that we've ever faced, like even in regionals and, you know, up at Williamsport. I mean, yeah. They just had some dudes, and we barely squeaked that one out. And that was just really because of our chemistry on the team. We had a lot of really solid guys, but they already had guys that were like six foot, six two. But you know what? It's such it's a lot more fun competing against guys that can play. I know we right. want to win and blow the other team out, but when you got to really compete right. and find out who you are, it's, yep. it's more fun. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good test. It's a yeah. good test. So that was probably the most fun series that we played. So we both made it on opposite sides of the bracket with no losses, and we had to beat them twice. So we beat them once on like a Saturday night, and then Saturday, Sunday morning we beat them. Um, beat them twice so beat in them. 24 hours. Yeah, so we, we got them. Um, and then we honestly didn't really expect to make it past state because we knew that they were going to be really good. Yeah. So we made it to regionals, which is in Warner Robins, Georgia. Yep. So you'll play like Team Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida. Um, so now you're competing. Right, so now you're really competing. I mean, you're playing literally the best youth team from each state yeah. at this point. So we played there. We got smoked by Tuckahoe, Virginia, the very first game, 13 to nothing. We just kind of rolled out there, thought we were going yeah. to beat everyone, and it just – Virginia rolled in. Yep, we, yeah, they rolled in. <laughs> we just absolutely laid an egg. Um, so that kind of, you know, flipped a switch for us, you know, in our, in our were minds. Were you pitching then at that time? I was pitching. I didn't pitch that game, but yeah. I was pitching and playing shortstop. No, you didn't pitch that game. Yeah, no, definitely <laughs> pitched that one. No, no, no. And even if I did, I don't know if I'd admit it. Uh, but uh, so we just laid an egg there. So that really – we were like, hey, we got one more loss and we're done with this thing. And yeah. we had been working. I mean, that's when we really got to work. Up until then, you know, it had just been fun. Just go around, just like throwing, you yeah. know, with your people. But like – the beginning of that summer, I mean, we would practice day in and day out. We would practice for probably three to four hours a day. 
every single day for that summer. That's how you get good. That's how, yeah, how you get good. And, you know, us as 12-year-olds, we didn't really understand it at first. But you don't know time. You're not no. even wearing a watch at that no. time. No, we didn't even understand. We didn't know how long we were out there for. But our coaches, I mean, they had us out there, and they knew what it was going to take. Knowing um, eyes see more. Right. Knowing ears hear more. So your coaches knew what it was going to take. So they're like, hey, if we got to stay out here three hours, we're going to stay out here right. and get these guys right. Right, and they had been doing that for about 10 years, and they'd had two teams that had made it before. Okay. So they had understood the competition, kind of what it took mentally to yeah. get to that point. They knew Japan had 16-year-olds. Right, that's, that's <laughs> the thing. That's the thing, because, like, just, I mean, at that age, too, you're going to face competition that's better than you. Oh, yeah. Like, that's just the way it is. Well, but, and kids grow so differently, that's, 12 yeah. to whatever age, you know. And you might face a kid that's 6'4", and yeah. he's only 13 years old. That's something. the thing, yeah. yeah. So it's it's craziness, but we ended up winning the next couple games in the tournament. Uh, we beat Alabama, South Carolina, and then we ended up facing uh, Tuckahoe again. Okay. Um, and this was in the championship. Uh, so this dude out. His name's Liam Deegan. Absolute freak. He was like six. Still foot. remembers that. Oh yeah, still remember him. He <laughs> shut us out for the first four innings. Wow. He was like six foot, like one seventy, and I mean at twelve, I mean that's ridiculous. Beast. Um, so he was out there pumping like seventy five from forty seven feet. I mean, that's the that's re- too tight. Yeah, the reaction time of that's probably like 105 in the MLB. Yeah, I mean, there was no load. You just get in there and just swing the bat, you know, as fast <laughs> as you can. Hope something good. Happens. Hope something good happens. Um, and to start it all off in the bottom of the fourth, our second baseman Brian Garcia. Listen to him he, tell this story, man. <laughs> He's got every detail. Are you listening to this? This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all ingrained. It's in the my bottom memory. of the fourth. Yeah. <laughs> so bottom of it's the like fourth. Joe Buck over here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting all the getting all the plays. So we uh, bottom of the fourth. There's two outs, and we're just like, oh crap! Like this guy's like he's got us. Like they're not going to bring another pitcher. Like we need something to change yeah. momentum. And the smallest kid in our team, he's probably like five five, maybe five four, uh, just soaking wet, just, yeah. just tiny out there. First pitch, he gets up there, just kind of just lets the bat head just hang out. Hits a bomb off this kid. I mean, Liam, he just supplied all of the power. All he did was just put his bat out there, and he had an absolute bomb. It was the first home run he'd ever hit with us on oh, the team. Oh, man. First home run. He went nuts. And you did, that, too. Oh, yeah. I went nuts, too. <laughs> I went nuts. I was like, there's no way. It's because I was on first base when he hit it. And I was like, there's no way this is going out. Ends up going out. And by that point, it's 3-2. to two. They were up 3 at that point. So it's 3-2. to two. And then we just kept getting hit after hit after him. Uh, so we finally knocked him out. Um, and then they brought in one of their closers, and we just absolutely drilled them. Killed him. So I think it was like 7-3 to three was the final score. And that score. sent you to the College World Series. Yeah, that sent us to uh, the World Series up in Williamsport. So awesome. we, But the crazy part about it is we literally, from that game, we finished the game at like 8 p.m. at Warner Robins, and we took a bus down to Atlanta, and then we got on a flight that night and went straight to Dallas Flew in through the night and then from Dallas connected to Philly and then drove to Williamsport. So there oh, was man. no sleep. That's no short so, drive. No. So we were celebrating on the buses and the planes and it was it was awesome. So that's kind of where I found. So and then how many games at Williamsport? At Williamsport, we ended up just playing two. We got in there and we just got you know we actually faced Monet Davis. Mm. Um, so I mean she was just amazing. She yeah. could sling it. I mean she threw harder than most of the guys there. Yeah. And she just absolutely shut us down. I think she had ten strikeouts against us. Oh geez. We yeah. just we couldn't keep up with it. Uh, so we lost to them. And then we ended up losing to the Northeast team. Yeah. Um, and then we got to play a consolation game against Canada. So I got to pitch that game. So we won that. So that was fun. That's fun. Uh, but, you know, just getting to meet people from, oh, you know. Everywhere in the world. Yeah, international, you know, different parts of the country. I mean, yeah. it's just that experience is just something that, 
you can't ever really take for granted. And that's really where I found my love for baseball, not only for the sport, but also the connections that you create through the oh, sport. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And you're part of the team when you're riding on buses and planes and trains and automobiles. That whole yep. deal, man. Yep. You're just having a great time with your boys. Yep. You know. So then you end up going to Ensworth here in Nashville. Yep. And very successful at Ensworth. Have scholarship offers. I know you had Georgia Tech where your dad went. Mm-hmm. And then you had Notre Dame where let's go there. So right. you you actually accepted an offer to go to Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. right? Early in your high school right, career. Sophomore year. Your sophomore year. Sophomore year. And then Notre Dame came in when? when uh, came in? in two weeks before signing day. Two My senior weeks year. before signing day. Yep. And that's you you really have gravitated towards Notre Dame your whole your whole baseball career or whatever. You went up there when you were a little guy, I think. I did, yep. Freshman year I went there for a camp and I kinda of just fell in love with the campus and the people there. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So you go up there and you're playing but you get um, your elbows jacked up, right? Yep. So go into that because you know, there's people that are listening to this that they maybe don't have an elbow that's messed up, but their knee or whatever. And just talk about the mindset and the confidence of being an athlete. And really, essentially, you're a pro athlete. When you're in college, you're a pro athlete. Right. Because of the transfer portal now is like free agency would be to MLB or mm-hmm. the NFL. Okay. And so there's a whole other level of mindset and, and confidence that it takes to play at that level. You know, when you're playing with your boys and you're 12 years old, you're not thinking somebody's going to get in a transfer portal and you're, you're going to be bounced from your team or anything. But real life, the higher you go, it becomes more business. Yep. And the coaches are in it for money and business and the players are in it for money and business. And, you know, unfortunately, some of the joy of the game gets tarnished, I guess, maybe mm-hmm. is a word for it. But um, you can't ever let the business break the game. For you, for and sure. So let's just talk about that whole mindset. Uh, you made that decision to go to Notre Dame is super exciting. You get up there, and let's just go there. Like, what was Notre Dame? You first walked on campus, and you were like, "Okay, yeah, yeah." So I mean, I first walked on campus, um, and it really took me a lot to mentally be ready walking on campus because about. Five, you four, didn't know anybody there, right? Yeah, I didn't know anybody. It was yeah. completely new. Um, you know, I was excited to meet people. I never really met anybody there before. Um, and it was it was a little tough at first because four months prior, that's when I had my Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Um, so I would say that mentally that's more of a, you know. So were you kind of like when you got into that Tommy John surgery, were you like um, you knew it had to be done, but were you like, dang it? kind of reluctant or hesitant or just tell me your mindset tell everybody your mindset on that yeah yeah so I mean it is a career ending injury for some uh you know with modern medicine and new surgeries today you know it's it's different but about 40 years ago if you tore UCL I mean that was about it for you You kind of had to hang up the cleats yeah Uh, but nowadays you know with new surgeries it's possible so it was definitely a conversation I had with myself um you know do I continue because I knew Test your faith a little bit. Yeah, it, oh, it sure does. It yeah. sure does. I mean, it, it you know it tests your faith, tests your faith in yourself as well. Um, but you know, because you know the road that's going to be ahead. I mean, it's a five to seven month recovery is what they say. But in the end, with most people, it takes a good twelve to fifteen months to really be back to one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's not only the physical healing of it. It's the wait till this motorcycle passes. Yeah. It's not only the physical healing of it, but it's the it's just the mental. I know when guys in, in the NFL blew out their knee, 
you know, you can come back from an ACL mm. rather quickly now because what you just said, modern medicine has mm. allowed that healing and that, that restructuring of that knee. But you still got to, you got to do it. Your brain, right. your mind has got to tell you, hey, we can do this. Right. And so with your elbow, what was that, that whole mindset? Yeah, no, it was, I mean, at first, I mean, it was killer. It was a confidence killer. I, um, I really didn't know what to do at first. I mean, it, it kind of, you know, I felt like a little bit broken inside because that, you know, part of me realized like, hey, you know, will I ever be, you know, as good as I was before? Will I be better? It's just really causes a lot of, you know, um, just uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, self you know, your career, self thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the biggest thing that helped me out is in the fall. What I would do is I would keep this little note card with me, and written on it was um, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Matthew twenty six forty one, yeah. I think. Um, so I kept that with me just twenty four seven. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I paste it up in my dorm room when I would stay there at night. I keep it with me during the day, um, just because I just really needed that reassurance just to see it, um, and you know that really helped me through a lot. Um, and I didn't realize that it would help me, you know, in the future as well because I found out later I had to get another surgery. Um, that was to come about six months later. Um, so, you know, I continued to have it. You had a bone there. spur yeah. in your elbow. Yeah, so yeah. I had to get a bone spur removed uh, February 2021. Um, so, See, Drew, know. I'm going to interrupt you because yeah. Drew was telling me this when he was 12 or 14, correct me if I'm wrong, that you had the beginning of that bone spur mm-hmm. in there, and then you felt like – I don't know. Tell me what age you felt like uh, your arm was kind of hurting, so you changed your throwing motion a little bit, so it wouldn't hurt as bad. It was probably sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. So you're like in high school, and you're yep. you're gunning guys down, mm-hmm. and so you changed your throwing motion a little bit, and then then it got to a point where you couldn't, and things started to break down. As you yep. get older and stronger, and you got to throw harder to compete to put those guys out, mm-hmm. the batters out. You've got to, you know, you got to throw hard. You got to throw fast. Right. So. So Drew was always a good-looking athlete. You know, he's always been a really good-looking athlete. I wish, I wish we would have videoed this so you could see him. But hmm. now he looks like a, a baseball player, good-looking, gunned-up dude. You know, because he's been lifting and working. Hmm. He lost a lot of weight. You know, tell him that story. How when you got your arm surgery, you couldn't lift. Yeah. And he lifts. He's a consummate weightlifter. That's right. how I met you. You were right. lifting weights all the time in the weight room. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, when you have surgeries like that, I mean. Physically, you are going to, you know, shrink. Physically, your, your body is going to change. And, you know, part of that can get to your mental as well because, you know, the mind follows the body, the body follows the mind. So when you don't have both of those in conjunction with each other, you know, towards the same goal, it's hard, you know, to keep both of them on track, especially yeah. the mental side when the physical's down. Um, so I was down to about 175 pounds after my second surgery just because, you know, I could do legs. I couldn't do much of core or arms just because yeah. the upper body was pretty much occupied with, you know, resting. Um, but the summer, you know, I've really been able to get after it and turn it around. Um, and I've, you know, gotten up to 200 pounds. So it's, it's okay. been a, yeah. It's been Want to fight Tyson? Yeah. Oh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I need a little more training for that. Not tonight. Not tonight. Not tonight. Um, but, you know, you, you, when you finally get to be able to train and you've been told that you can't for 16 or 17 months, I mean, it's, you're just eager to get after it. Yeah. I mean, because when, you t- when you're told that you can't do something and you physically cannot, when you finally get the opportunity to, I mean, there's just no holding back. You have to go out and just get after it. So yeah. That's kind of what happened this summer. That's exciting. Yeah. So you, you did that, and you got yourself back in. And then um, we're not going to get into all the ins and outs of um, 
Notre Dame, but now you're at Samford, mm. okay, and you put yourself in the transfer portal. There's guys that are going to listen to this that are going to go in the transfer portal. Let's talk about that experience because, mm. really, honestly, I don't even know about it because I've never gone through the transfer portal, right. and I've never recruited anybody out of that transfer portal. So, I mean, you don't have to go into long, long details about it, but just um, what you're thinking when you're going in. Is anybody ever going to give me a call? or right. know, Who knows what's going to happen, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing about the tra- transfer portal to know is that it's it's hectic. I mean, in ways, coaches will reach out to you uh, because you put your name in there and you can put your phone number and email on there, and coaches mm-hmm. can reach out to you through that. Uh, but at the same time, you also want to do, you know, a little bit of promotion as well and kind of say outwardly that, hey, I am, you know, looking, I am in the portal. Because um, if not, you know, not a lot of coaches will find you. Um, but nowadays it's a little different because coaches, I mean, they'll have assistant coaches and recruiting coordinators just, I mean, checking that thing, refreshing it daily. Yeah. Just to see. Any, multiple times Multiple daily. times daily, yeah. Just to see if they can pick anything up or if anything new shows up. Um, but the biggest thing about the portal and trying to find somewhere new is you want to find – somewhere where the coaches see you playing in the future or they have the best interest for you. Um, so nowadays with COVID rosters, I mean, you got baseball teams with 60, 70 kids. Mm. And, you know, you got to really see where you could also see yourself fit into that yeah. program. And you really want to interview the coaches with how they run their program as well. Um, because if they just talk to you about it themselves and ask questions about you, that's great. But you also want to get to know them as well and find that match because, yeah. you know, you might find things that you do or don't like about the program, and you really need to do that research for yourself, you know, beforehand. Yeah. Uh, chemistry is really good because, you know, in football, I always say culture beats strategy. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's true in every sport. Yep. I honestly believe that's true in every sport. You can't tell me that the Phoenix Suns had – the most expensive and and crazy premier basketball players on their squad, but they right. went all the way to the NBA championship. Game. Exactly. So, I mean, chemistry and culture are huge. So when you can get yourself in those situations, I believe that's where you really thrive too. You right. know, because if you feel like you're on the outside of the culture, you don't you don't grow. Mm-hmm. You don't grow as an athlete. Nope. That that so you ended up. Um, you transferred from Notre Dame just because it just wasn't working out. The timing of the whole thing wasn't going to work out. Mm. And um, with your surgeries and the healing and all that, and, and then the coaches, basically they told you, they felt like the timing of it wasn't going to work out. And you Correct. said, well, you know what? I feel like it is going to work out, but I don't want to sit a year because my clock is ticking. Right. And so you made – decision a business decision they have to make a business decision you make a business decision mm-hmm. you made ways. a business decision goes both ways and you said i'm going to the tr- i'm going to the portal transfer portal you ended up sanford's pretty good baseball team of course yeah yes sir <laughs> i'm saying that facetiously yes you yep. play in the south at that level that's big time baseball yes sir so yes, sir. that's that's super fun for you to get there yep. and then you're going to you know, you know it's business. You're going to compete. You're going to get yourself in position to win whatever it takes to win, like we talked about off off video or off audio. Drew and I were talking about whatever it takes to win and leave no doubt. Right. And that's that's where you're at right now. Right. Because you you've already been to the College World Series. Mm. You've been in that, which is phenomenal. Right. Now you go down here. They've been in it too. Right. So what can you add? What do you think you can add to, you know, where you've been and where you're going? Yeah, for sure. So I think the biggest thing that I can bring to Sanford 
uh, really is, is just helping out with the culture. I mean, they already have an amazing culture there from what I've heard, the players and the coaches. Um, but, you know, just having this relentless culture of just hard work and, you know, not giving up against any team because we're going to play, you know, bigger teams down south like the Alabamas yeah. and the Floridas. But Sanford, they're just gritty. That's the way it is. And, you know, people already try to count them out without even seeing yeah. them play. And, I mean, you look at last the underdog. year. Right. Last year they made it to regionals, and they absolutely tore it up. Um, and, you know, it's just a, it's a team that you want to be a part of where people realize, like, hey, like, they're scrappy. They're tough. Like, yeah. they're not going to just give up just because it's a big-name team. Right. Like, they're going to fight. So bringing that to the team. Uh, and then also infield, too. You know, just helping out at second base, possibly pitching down the road. Um, but I would say, most importantly, just culture because, you know, culture is just going to be talent. Yeah, they're the giving you an opportunity to play in another position, so second base or shortstop or mm-hmm. wherever that is. Right. And that's what I love about I love about sport, but I love this about you. It's whatever it takes to win. Mm-hmm. Hey, Coach, whatever it takes to win. If I can help this team win at second base or shortstop or pitch down the road, whatever. I'm just trying to win ball games right. and have fun. And that's, that's what I think is so cool about you. Um, the show is called Another Rep. Mm. And I see another rep as another opportunity to get stronger uh, physically, to get stronger. Every time we read the Bible, we get stronger spiritually. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we're doing our sport, if we get another rep, you can't get good if you watch me shoot free throws. Right. I mean, you can get, you can figure out how I hold it and, and, you know, maybe where I put my elbow and my flick my wrist and all that. But you got to do it. Yeah. What's another rep mean to you? So another rep, what that means to me is also along the lines of another opportunity. Uh, my high school baseball coach, um, Coach Maxwell, Jason Maxwell, uh, he's amazing. He coaches Team USA. He's probably the best coach I've ever played for and will ever play for. That's cool. Um, he always said if opportunity is knocking at the door, you don't wait for that door to open. You, As soon as that door opens, you run through that door. Because, yeah. I mean, no one's really going to give you anything, especially at this point. So, I mean, you got to just run through that door and just take it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And when you're always repping, you create opportunities for yourself. Exactly. Because you grow and you get better and stronger and, and you get spiritually and mentally stronger. How much, uh, how much more mentally stronger, both spiritually and mentally stronger, have you gotten because of all those reps through the injury of rehabbing your elbow and then going back and getting the bone spur. And I mean, you can't put it on a scale of, well, I think I'm 95%, right. you know. But just kind of talk about that is those reps too, you know, just going right. through those rehab reps. Right. I mean, I would say physically I haven't changed because before surgeries, you know, I was always like that, you know, focusing on another rep and always physically being there and doing, you know, more than what was asked. Um, but, you know, spiritually and mentally, I really am just a completely different person. Uh, just because when you face that many setbacks and you have so much negativity just kind of thrown on you yeah. at one point, I mean, there's really, you know, no one else that can really help you with that. Yeah, you, know, you can call home to yeah. your dad or your mom yeah. or talk to your girlfriend or whatever. But right. at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's, it's self-talk. You, yeah, it's self-talk and it's, it's you and your relationship with God. I mean, that's the only, you know thing that can really help you and save you when it comes to that because um, I mean anyone can help you like you said but I mean at the end of the day you gotta you gotta you know just mentally know that you gotta do it yeah. yourself yeah well hey man I love having you on the show and um, 
we got to do this more than once a year. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. I mean, eat lunch. <laughs> yes, yes. Not this show, but yeah. but we could do this too. Yeah. When you great. actually, when you go down there after you practice a while, let's get back and I yeah. want to talk about. We'll get on the show again. We'll uh, we'll do another rep. Yep. You're down there and you've gone through a, you know a couple months or six months of practice and you're rolling. It'd just be fun to see that perspective and how it you know the differences and all that. I think it'd just be a lot of fun. Definitely. If there's anything else you want to add or um, whatever, this is your open mic time, and then uh, I'll close this out. I think I just have to say, go dogs. That's <laughs> it. Go dogs. There we go. That's it. Yep. So hey, thanks for listening to another rep, and uh, we are out. Keep repping. Keep repping. Drew, thanks so much for coming on, man. I just can't tell you how much I appreciate getting back with you, reconnecting hearing more of your story i knew a little bit of your story but i didn't know all the, all the ins and outs everything and uh for all you listeners out there if you like this hit like hit subscribe share it with your friends and your family and your people and um you know there's something we can learn from everybody else's reps so that's that's really why i do this show so let's all just keep repping if uh, you want to get on the show dm me and uh i'd love to uh, hear your story too so but in the meantime Never flinch and keep rapping. I am out.